Pastor, thank you. We will continue our worship by uh, bringing our offering, our tithes. And I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And as they are getting ready, I want to share... uh, I want to share the series that we are going to start today. And the series is uh, the beginning of the church, that the Holy Spirit is the life of the ancient, present, and future church. Okay? The Holy Spirit is the life of the ancient, present, and future church. And why do we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our church? And I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will speak to you as we start this series. There is a booklet in front of you. And those, those are seven series that are laid out so we can journey together as a church. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We welcome the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our midst as we bring our tithes and our offering. And as we do this as an act of worship, for who you are, why you came, and what you have done for us. Help us to be a part of extending the kingdom of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. People of God say, Amen. And uh, <clears throat> uh, before I start the sermon, those of you that are joining our church from around the world, I know there are people regularly joining from Brazil. So, welcome, Brazil. There are people joining from India regularly. Welcome. Uh, And all around the world that are joining Santa Clara First Baptist Church, we welcome you and we want you to be a part of this service. Now before you go into the sermon, this is what I would like to show you. Those around the world or in this country, this is how you can follow us too. So you can go to your app store or Google if you have Android. And then... Go to the search and search for Santa Clara First Baptist Church. And there is an app. The app will look like this. And you can download the app. And at the bottom of the front page of the app, there is this third one is home event and sermons. You can click on the sermons and you will have the sermon outlines. And you will have the sermon in audio from the past Sunday. So you can follow us along uh, as we go into that. Right? And we have this great app that we can help other people. And those of you that are here this morning, uh, now now would be a good time to take out your phone and do that, right? Go to the app store, get it, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, and so much uh, information are there, good information, and very cool app we have. So this is done by our IT guys, and let's give them a hand. Yes, yeah. So the beginning of the church. Are you ready? Yes. Ready for the Spirit of the Lord to come. This is what will happen at the end of the service. And I want to describe so you are prepared. So at at the end of the service, we will be singing two songs. And when the Holy Spirit is going to speak speak to you this morning, and the Holy Spirit will prompt you 
to take steps and make decisions that will be healthy and great for your life. Okay? He is going to speak to you. He's going to, and He's going to ask you to make some decisions. And uh, you take a step of faith to make those decisions. Because He has prepared this day for you and He's going to speak into your life. So when our worship pastor Sharon comes up and sing the first song, the people that the Spirit of God spoke and that heard, you come forward here and I will pray with you. Because he's going to do amazing things today in this service. Okay? So you come here and I'll pray with you. And the song will go on. And we'll sing more songs that you will be blessed. For those of you uh, that are filled with the joy of the Spirit, as people come, pray for them as you, as you stand and sing there. Pray for more outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Right? Do we get that? And so ready for an amazing touch of the Holy Spirit this morning. Great stuff. I want to set it up uh, this way because we're starting Acts chapter 1. Right? We are going to study Acts chapter 1 and 7 in this 7 series. And for next week, you will read Acts chapter 2. So when you go home today, starting from Sunday until we meet on Sunday, read Acts chapter 2 and come. So we are all together in this. So today, we start chapter 1. But before I read that, I want to set it up this way. Why do ordinary people do extraordinary things that defy all assumptions that are able to do this beyond natural things in life. You know, why do ordinary people, why are they able to do this? And the answer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And we want to introduce Again, the Holy Spirit to you this morning. Because the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life can inspire people around you to do great things. I'm feeling it right now, actually. Yes, yes, I'm feeling it. Awesome, yes. So, um, hallelujah. So, See, people are not so much, I will say people are not inspired by what you believe. Okay, follow me. People are not inspired by what you believe. But they are inspired by why you believe. I can say I believe in God, the Father, and the Son. Is what I believe. But when you go extra level, next level, why you believe in what Christ has done for you, what God has done for you, what the Holy Spirit has done for you, then they want to believe what you believe because of the transformation and the change that has happened in your life. So as a church, as a church, as a church of Jesus Christ, if you're talking about the successful organization or successful company in the world, there has been no better or nothing more successful than the church. As an organization, if you take the church as a company, the church is the most successful company, the church is the most successful organization. It has been here for more than 2,000 years, and it will continue to be. 
Don't you want to know why it is so successful? Don't you want to know what's the life of this company? Don't you want to know what's the life of this organization? Don't you know what's the life of these things that change people's life? And people want to be a part of it. Because the goal of Santa Clara First Baptist Church is not what we believe. But we want to know, we want to let people know why we believe. So that people are not forced to follow Jesus Christ. But they actually want to do it. Right? They actually want to do it. They desire to do it. We're not forcing them to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we get there? It's the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today as a person. I'm not going to talk so much about His power and might. but I want to introduce who He is and what He is and how He reveals Himself. So, three things we will do. One is, why do we need to wait on the Holy Spirit? Because if we are going to do extraordinary things that defy natural assumptions and do unnatural things, then we need to wait on the Holy Spirit. And why do we need to wait on the Holy Spirit? Step one. One is Jesus gave compelling reasons why we should wait on the Holy Spirit. So we will look at that compelling reason. The second thing is, how should we wait on the Holy Spirit? Step two. How the disciples gathering at the upper room showed us how we should wait on the Holy Spirit. So we'll look at the example of the early disciples and early church. And the third one is what happens while we wait on the Holy Spirit. Step three. See, the disciple choosing choosing to replace Judas offers an example on how or what we should do while we're waiting on the Holy Spirit. And the fourth thing is the decision time. The Spirit is going to ask you to make decision this morning. Not a fearful decision, but that is good for your life. And take that opportunity that when the Spirit speaks to you. Uh, Dozer, A.W. Dozer has been a great inspiration for me. Great pastor. And this is what he wrote. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. But if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, which is the early church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. See, you have a misconception of the Holy Spirit because you read about it and you heard about it without actually experiencing who He is. The Spirit Holy Spirit has been formed in your mind by somebody telling you who He is. By somebody telling you what you should believe without really experiencing Him. I want you to have your own belief of who the Holy Spirit is. Not because somebody wrote about Him or somebody told you about Him. Because the Spirit of God, by definition, in Hebrew, in Hebrew is ruach. Ruach means uh, breath. And uh, in Greek is pneuma, which is like the wind, the breath of the nostril. The breath of the nostril. So, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. 
It's the wind that you feel. It's the breath of life. It's the life-giving spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, the church has no life. Without the Holy Spirit, we have no life. Because when God created Adam, what did He do? He breathed on him the breath of God. And he had life. That's the first creation. That's the first creation. This is foundational truth. So it's the first Adam. The first Adam that's supposed to live eternally but died. And then we come to the second Adam who is Jesus Christ. And how Jesus came alive? It's the breath of God. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the death. And that Spirit dwells within us. We have that life. That is the second creation. It's the creation of the church. This chapter 1 is the beginning, the creation of the church that started with the breath of God. Just it started in the beginning with the breath of God. So, he, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the life and breath of the ancient, present, future church. This is the, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Right? John chapter 14. If you read that He is the comforter. He is the teacher. John chapter 16. Read. He will teach you in everything. He is the helper. John writes about that. Right? He is the guide. He will guide you into all things. He has understanding. The Holy Spirit has understanding. He understands what is going on. He understands the mind of God. Romans chapter 8. He knows the will of God. He is the counselor. He has will. He has the will to give uh, uh, the gifts. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. If you read on that. We don't have time to go into all this. He intercedes. Romans chapter 8. He intercedes for you and pray for you. He creates. The Holy Spirit creates. Genesis chapter 1. He empowers people. The power of God. In Romans. In Acts chapter 1 that we read today. He speaks. He spoke to Peter. He spoke to the church. To separate Barnabas and Paul. He feels to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4. See, he has a mind. He knows the mind of God. In 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 2, he has the presence. He feels, you can feel his presence as he come upon. You, you can test him. Acts chapter 6, he has the knowledge of God. He loves, he hears. He only speaks what he hears from God. John 20. He testifies. He justifies. He disciplines. He can be insulted. Hebrew chapter 10. Insulted the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew he talks about he can be blasphemed. If you look at all these things. Uh, this is limited. I can add to this thing. Don't you think this is a person? The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an idea. He feels everything that you feel here. And I want you to meet Him. I want you to meet the Holy Spirit. The one who has all these things. 
So in Acts chapter 1, if you read, Luke started with writing the, the letter to Theopolis. And to Theopolis is a, a, a rank, a military probably officer. And he's writing Acts to Theopolis. Why? To explain all that Jesus had done and he had taught. And he talked about the previous treaties, which means the first book that he had written in Luke. So this probably is the second. There might be a third one that we don't know. But he is giving another letter to explain. And he said, this is very interesting in the word of God. What did he say? Jesus did all these things and taught all these things through the Holy Spirit. My, my, my. Jesus did all these things and taught all these things through the Holy Spirit. And now, on the day that Jesus was going to be taken up and ascended to heaven, He is commanding His disciples to wait. The word is, do not depart, but wait on the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you go out of Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? That's the first part of Acts chapter 1. So let's talk about why we should wait on the Holy Spirit. And I will give you an example uh, from people that we know that we read in the scripture. And the danger of not waiting on it. Okay, So, um, Let's go to Abraham, our great forefather, patriarch, man of faith, friend of God. So God came to Abraham and said, you're going to have a son. I'll make you a great nation. I will make you, I will bless you. You will have a great name. Right? Wow, awesome. Great nation, great name. You will have a, you will have a son because they didn't have a son. Well, Ten years passed. Ten years later, nothing has happened. See? Ten years is a long time, isn't it, for us? Because even one day is so hard for us to wait on God. One minute is too hard to wait on God. Ten years, nothing has happened. So what happened? Uh, Sarah. Sarah had a plan. Right? Uh, it's called the Maka plan, Sarah Maka vision, right? It's not make America great again. This is make Abraham great again, right? Sarah has this plan that she's going to make Abraham great again. So what did, what did she do? She went to Abraham and said, Hey, Abraham, um, since I don't have a child, I want you to take my mate and you can have a child with her so you can establish your name. And I'm thinking, wow, Abraham, he's going to give this inspiring, encouraging, uh, you know, comment back to Sarah and say, why we shouldn't do these things? <clears throat> Man of God. And he said, okay. <laughs> he said, okay. You know? So, he had intimate relationship with Hagar, the maid. And when she was pregnant, what happened? Sarah despised her. Sarah despised her and the treatment was so harsh that Hagar had to flee from the house in the presence of uh, Sarah. Where did we find Hagar? Out there in the desert. 
by a little spring. God found her. And she said, what are you doing here? And said, my mistress has treated me so harsh, I cannot take it. And God said, you go back to Abraham. You will have a son. His name will be Ishmael. And the hand of people will be against him. And he will be against all people. That's the word God says. Genesis 13. If you go home and read it. What happened? What happened here? Is when later on, when Abraham was 100 years old. He had a son. And when Isaac was born, even it escalated more. And Sarah hated Ishmael and Hagar so much that they had to be driven away. This is not waiting on God and the impact, personal. Hatred between Sarah and Hagar. A marriage between Abraham and Sarah affected. Relationship between Isaac and Ishmael, not good. Siblings. It is even felt today. The origin of the conflict of Arab and Jew. The conflict in Middle East from the beginning. It was on Sarah's plan. You see that? Personal, marriage, country, global. One decision that you make without waiting on the Holy Spirit can impact the world. Whoa. Make Abraham great again. Not so great plan. One more thing, because this is important. Let's go to Saul. Saul is the first king of Israel. They were going to the battle with Jonathan, his son, with the Philistines. And Saul's at Gilgal, waiting. And he's waiting for whom? For Samuel? For seven days. Because Samuel's supposed to come and uh, uh, do the sacrifice, the burn offerings. The peace offering and the burn offering. First uh, Samuel 13, you can read there. Okay? You don't have time to read the whole chapter. I will summarize it for you. So, the people were scared and trembling when they saw the Philistines. And they're scattered. And Saul is kind of worried now. Say, so I got to boost the morale of my soldiers so they are not running here and there. So what did, he, what did he do? He said, I will do the sacrifice. So he made the sacrifice. Right after he had sacrificed, Samuel came and said, Saul, what have you done? Oh, but people were afraid and they were scattering here. So in order to boost their morale, I, I did the burn offering. And what did Samuel say? Oh, you foolish man. God would have built a kingdom forever in your name. But today, he has taken your kingdom away and given to another person who is a man after God's own heart. Right? Personal loss. Family loss. National loss. Everything ripped away from the first king, Saul. Later on, you will know that Jonathan and Saul died in the battle. When you read later on. Why? Didn't wait on the Holy Spirit. Then I want to talk about Paul that works. So Paul wanted to go 
uh, to Asia. And you can read that in Acts chapter 16. And the Holy Spirit came and said, Paul, you can't go to uh, Asia. You're not to go to Asia. Then he wanted to go to Bithynia again. And the Spirit said, no, you cannot go to Bithynia. And that night when he was sleeping, he had a vision and a man appeared from Macedonia and said, come and help us. Did Paul go to Asia? No. He didn't go to Asia. He wanted to go to Asia. Did, go, did Paul go to Bithynia? No, he didn't go to Bithynia. He wanted to go there. But what did he do? Immediately he got up and they left. And they went to Macedonia. And they landed in Philippi, which is one of the main city of the colony of Macedonia. And there he met a woman named Lydia, who was a seller of the purple and... This is the beginning of the expansion of the gospel into Europe. Yes? Yes, yes. One obedience from God, waiting on the Holy Spirit, opened the door for the entire Europe to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, yes. That is the power of waiting on the Holy Spirit. He speaks. See, He's a person, He's not an idea. He speaks to you to do the right thing at the right time. Timing is important. Waiting on God is important. We got to wait on the Holy Spirit if the church has to make a difference in people's life. And he said, You'll be baptized. With the Holy Spirit. John baptized you with water. Chapter 5. But you will be baptized soon with the Holy Spirit. This is the beginning of the church. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning of the church. Because He is the breath. He is the life of the church. So why should we wait? I gave you three examples of why we should wait. That can impact your personal life, your family, extended family, your community, your city, your nation, and the world. And the world. And the Spirit of God speaking to you. Keep your ears up this morning. Let those who have ears hear the word of the Lord. This is going to change your life. This is going to change our life. This series is designed by God for this church for a time such as this that we can bring transformation in this city. And it will start with all of us. It will start with all of us. Now when you go down, say it so, Christ was taken up. They saw it here. He was taken up. So what did they do? Uh... They went back to where? To the upper room. They went back to the upper room. They had entered and they went up into the upper room where they were staying. This is how we should wait. I want to talk about this. How we should wait on the Holy Spirit. Okay? And they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication and with the women. Can I hear you say women? Thank you. Thank you. Emphasized, and Mary and mother, and with his brothers. 
These were not just the 12 people. In fact, there were 120 people in that upper room. They went back, including the women and the brothers of Jesus. Because you see that they didn't believe in Him before. Right? So let me explain this one accord thing. Ah, this is beautiful. The one accord thing. It means, the translation from Greek is one mind. It means one passion. Are we there? One accord means one mind, one passion. In fact, it means you rushing with one mind. Okay? You are rushing with one passion, one accord. What is that one passion? Jesus. These 120 people, all different, men, women, they have one accord, one mind, one passion that they're rushing into it is Jesus Christ. They were captivated, enamored, and loved by Jesus. They were in love with Jesus. The name that charms them like they were with one passion. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. We are people from all nations around here. Different people, different ethnicity. But if we have one rushing passion, one mind, and that is Jesus Christ, this place will never be the same. I want us to increase the intensity, aim up our love and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. One accord. We think about unity. Yes, it is. But it has a name. That is Jesus Christ. That you're captivated by the Lord Jesus Christ. That you sing praises with one accord. Jesus You praise Jesus. You pray to Jesus. You serve Jesus. You preach Jesus. You live Jesus. That is one accord. That we can do, isn't it? If we cannot understand each other's language properly, nuances and other things properly, even if we don't eat the food of each other well, there's one thing that we can do well, and that is Jesus Christ. Somebody. Hallelujah. Why? Because it is this Jesus that has great plan for all of us. Did you know that when Jesus came here, He had a plan for you. And His plan was not to destroy you, not to tear you down, but to expand you. His plan was to change the world. And He showed in every detail how we can change the world. How you can be a part of this big plan of changing the world. And one of the big key is the Holy Spirit. I've been asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please give me a great example that I can connect with my members. I have so many stories, but it could be just about me, you know. Uh, And then uh, he gave me an example this way. I've been praying a lot. So I came to the church. I went into the car and I started the car uh, and the car wouldn't start. You know, I, everything is there. It's standing there. It just won't start. And I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to walk to the auto repair store. I walk. I ask the mechanic. Somehow I pulled him in, brought his car and came. He tried. Nothing happened. Finally, AAA tow it away and they repaired. What was wrong? The ignition switch is bad. Everything is there, but it doesn't ignite. To start. It is not the model that is important. 
but it is the mission. The mission that God has given the church, which is the mission of God, the mission of Jesus Christ, and the mission of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the mission right, the model is not going to make any difference. And what is that mission? Jesus. What is that mission? To know the Spirit and work the will of God, the mission that God has given. And when you have that and crank, then the engine will come on. The Holy Spirit is the one who ignites your BMW or your Tesla or my old Honda Pilot car. Right? It's an expensive lesson that he gave to me that week. Right? I paid like $600 to fix that. And this morning I got up and I went in to start. It didn't start, so it's sitting in the garage. Right? But I learned from this. Because the enemy is not happy that I'm going to talk about the Spirit. He's been trying all these weeks, all kinds of things to distract me. I said, no, 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 I am not. I'm focused on Jesus. I'm focused on this person, Holy Spirit. He's been trying to attack our sons too. To cause some embarrassment in their life and to us, you know. We are careful of the enemy. We got to be careful. Because, because why? Supplication. One accord, supplication and prayer. I want to talk about this, right? Supplication in, in, uh, in Greek actually is indigens. It means uh, extreme poverty. In Hebrew, it means to be weak. Okay, to be weak. Prayer and supplication. It's not a mantra. It's not a magic. But let me tell you how this works. Go to Daniel. There's an edict that's passed by King Darius. Whoever prays to other God will be punished. Well, Daniel was found praying to his God. He's going to be thrown into the dens of the lions. In chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9, most powerful, awesome prayer of supplication. He started with, you are an awesome God. What? Your bones are going to be crushed, you know. And then he went into asking for forgiveness of his sins. He started interceding for his people. This is prayer and supplication. In difficult time. In difficult time. Okay? Daniel is leading a company, a nation. And he is faced now with life and death issue. What did he do? Prayer and supplication. In your life, when you are vexed with anger, anxiety, depression, or for no reason you're just low and down, you can think and recycle that thought over and again and again and again and again, or you can go into prayer and supplication. Okay? But if you go into prayer and supplication, your world will change. Your world will change. Because people who know, people like uh, God's people, when we go into supplication, we are not going to uh, go into the presence of God to earn something from God. Okay? But when we do this, it is to learn of who God is. People who go into supplication, they know something about God. They know of God that He will show up 
Despite the hungry mouths and the enemy waiting to devour you, they know of God and they go into prayer and supplication and say with thanksgiving, you are an awesome God. Oh, lion's mouth. Awesome God? What? Right? I ask for your forgiveness of my sins. And amazing things happen. It's not just to, it's not just to Daniel. Look at David. Oh, read all the prayer and supplication. Psalms chapter 4. Say, you go the deliverance, the mercy. How he used this prayer technique. Come to the early church. How they used the prayer and supplication. Come to Paul. How he used the prayer and supplication. These are ordinary people just like us. Who know of God. Not wanting from God. They know of God that they will show up. Not too late, at the right time. Always, God is never late. So that's how we wait on the Spirit, by prayer and supplication. And add thanksgiving to that. Then your life will change. Then the past hurts that you have. All these years that you've been caring for, 20, 15 years, and you have not been able to visit because it's too scary and dark for you. You go into supplication. You go into consultation with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Many of you are from business world. Maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday you have a team meeting. It's a consultation time with your boss or with your leader, with your CEO. It's a consultation to know what the leader is going to tell you to do. Supplication is going into consultation with the Holy Spirit and asking Him what is the will of God in heaven that I can do on earth today? Right? And then the Holy Spirit is going to start telling you, I want you to do this day one day at a time. I want you to deal with your hurts, with your past, with your anxiety, with your depression. Or I don't know what the reason is. You're just low and down for no reason that you can pinpoint. You go into consultation with the Holy Spirit to tell you how to do it. Because He knows the mind of God. In fact, when you don't know how to pray, He knows how to pray for you. He knows how to pray for you. He groans for you. He weeps for you. Don't you want to know this man, this guy, this person, who has great interest for your healthy living? Oh my, my. Man, I love the Holy Spirit. You can see it here. Yes. Supplication and prayer. It's not a magic formula, but please do it. And what happens while we wait on the Holy Spirit? So I'm coming into one of the ladies' class one evening, and just out of the blue, he said, uh, Pastor Louis, uh, uh, what was the Holy Spirit doing when Jesus was lying in the tomb? Right? Uh, so, so I didn't. Let me go and get all my commentaries and wait. <laughs> and do what I do. No, actually the Spirit of God did a, a Google, Holy Spirit, Google search for me, right? Google search, Google search for me. And then the, immediately, because he said, I will teach you in all things. Remember that? Right? John, uh, uh, John 20, right? Uh, John 16, sorry. And uh, he showed me four things immediately from John 20. That the Spirit was fulfilling four things in John 20 when 
the crucifixion was done. One, that his clothes will be divided. His bones will not be hurt. Remember that? And he will be buried in the tomb. And these are uh, fulfillment of Psalms, Zechariah, the prophets, and the Psalms. And, all this. and I was saying, this is what the Holy Spirit was doing when Jesus had died and he was fulfilling God's word. He's working all the time. I'm just giving you a quick example so that the Spirit who teaches all these things do a quick search for us in our mind. But in order to do that, you have to know the Word of God. It means you have to have read the Word of God. Without that, it will be hard because the Spirit of God does not speak outside the Word. He speaks only what He hears from God. Right? John 21. The Holy Spirit. So this is, this is it. God, Christ came to do the will of God and He gave His life. Never departed from the will of God. And then the Holy Spirit is not going to depart from the teaching and life of Jesus Christ. He will always do what Christ has taught and what He has done to fulfill that. There is one mission for God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it is God's mission. One mission. The church does not have a mission. The church does not have a mission, my friends. Only God has the mission. And the mission of the Holy Spirit is to fulfill God's mission. And the mission of Santa Clara's First Baptist Church is to fulfill God's mission, to love God, to love one another. And we can do that when we have the Holy Spirit. So you wait. You wait on God. Wait on the Lord. So how are they waiting? The Spirit of God was working. When they were waiting, Peter stood up and said, Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. There are among us who have seen the work and life of Christ. We have seen the resurrection. Let us appoint one to replace. See, this is the Spirit of God. They're still, they are praying in one accord with the passion of Jesus Christ. Praying and supplication. Knowing the Word of God. Because Peter was using Psalms and how the, full, the scripture was fulfilled. And there were two names. Joseph, whose last name is Justice. Barsabas was another name. This, this guy is like me, right? Valui, Unreso, Pastor Dubs, you know, you can see. It. Uh, and the other one is um, Matthias. Two options. They need the leading of God. And they pray. And they roll the dice. So this is not gambling. Okay? I don't want you to go to Vegas and roll the dice on your life. Okay? I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. And this was done in the past. To reveal who the person should be. And, the, and God, the Spirit of God, revealed that it should be Matthias. And Matthias was appointed as the twelve. This is how we should wait on the Holy Spirit even before he show up. By prayer and supplication. Reading the word of God. And doing actively the work of God even while we wait. You know what happens? When we wait. Are you hearing me? Right? Good. When we wait, it gives room to God to work for us. Did you hear that? When we wait, 
It gives space and room and time for God to work out for us. Work things in our favor. It is when we don't wait, then you see the disasters, the destruction that follows. We got to give room to God to work. And we do that by waiting on God. And Jesus showed this example. He said, I am going to go. And you're going to wait on the promise of the Father. Because when I go, it will be better for you. And they're thinking, how is it going to be better for us? Our master is going to be good. It is better because when Christ left the earth, the Holy Spirit came and filled the world. Not just the Middle East area. His presence is everywhere. Omnipresent, omnipotent. One thing we can learn from the Lord Jesus Christ is to give room and space for God to work. Because if our hearts and our minds of are filled with so many things, whether it's sorrow, unhappiness, hurts and pains, busyness, just all kinds of things, or hatred, unforgiveness, just filled with it, there is no room for God to work. Jesus had to literally leave the earth for the Holy Spirit to come. And for the church of Christ to be effective and impactful, sometimes... We have to give space to other people to come in, to bring in new life. We can't just be the one doing everything and not allowing other people to come in. We have to give room and space like Christ did. And for new things to come. New wine. Fresh wineskin. And God is at work all the time. And they proposed to Joseph and called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. Decision time. I want you to, I want these three, the events that I talk about, how they were related to waiting on the Holy Spirit. Now it's decision time. What did the Holy Spirit ask you to do this morning? What step are you willing to take? Because sometimes when we wait on God, instead of praying in supplication and thanksgiving, you're playing your games all the time. Non-stop playing games. Phone, computer. You're just playing games. There's no time to pray. And when you don't pray, you're not going to hear the word of God. It may happen, but unlikely from the, your games when you're shooting at someone or building something and crazy that the Holy Spirit pops up and says, Hello, I'm here. That would be awesome, but you know, right? So pray, spend time. Instead of praying, uh, you're watching too much porn. Right? You're watching porn instead of praying, and you can't, when you... And it has taken all your time. It's addictive and your life been ruined by watching porn. Your marriage been ruined. Your personal life been ruined. How are you going to hear it to God? Instead of praying if you're watching those things. And what is the Spirit of God telling you to do? Because Satan is very attract, always trying to attract our flesh. He will attack the things of the flesh. To let us do things. 
Instead of sacrificing your life, you're too busy. You don't have time for your wife, your children, your friends. You don't have time to read and to pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. What's the Spirit of God asking you to do this morning? In which area of your life you're not waiting? That you haven't seen victory. I have a letter this morning I want to read for you. Pray for cleansing. Loving Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I approach you again in prayer. My victory and ability to walk pleasing before you has been provided by your grace. This was in my mailbox. I came in this morning. I recognize the enemy's powerful appeal to my fallen nature. Satan's deception and power in the world is strong against me. I know I cannot overcome the world through my own efforts. I enter into your provided victory through Jesus Christ. I bring his victory strong against the appeal of the world to me. I also open my heart to the full victory of the Holy Spirit over the world. I trust him to cause the world's appeal to me to be plotted out. May he keep me from being double-minded. May he bring all together in wholeness to love and serve you with all of my will, my mind, my emotions, my body, and my spirit. Thank you for providing all my victory. I appropriate it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yes.